I do. And I don't. And it's another Monday. I don't even think, I don't think I need to mention that it's a Monday anymore. That's what I was thinking that the other day. I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, people know that we do the podcast on Mondays. Mondays. I guess if there's a new listener and they're like, oh, Monday, I don't have a podcast for Monday. Let me subscribe. Maybe I should mention it then every Monday. This Our podcast will be posted every Monday. <laughs> if you like it, look for it on Mondays. Maybe, maybe like as the, we'll just record an intro that goes, I do and I don't every Monday. Hey, welcome to the podcast. You That's know. a good idea. Yeah. Seems like a lot of work. <laughs> But this is I Do and I Don't Show podcast show. And uh, in this podcast show, uh, my co-host Kat, a.k.a. Katherine Skinner, (laughs) answer questions that are emailed to us at I Do and I Don't Show at Mm gmail.com. And they're anonymous questions. And Kat reads them. Kat studies. She pours over them. She's wet. She one time she FaceTimed me weeping. I go, "What's wrong?" She goes, "I'm just reading these questions. I'm deal. I'm going through a lot, trying to deal with this." The and I said, "Well, don't tell me about it because I I can't hear about it until the podcast. So it's always fresh for me." And then I historically have given better advice. It's so strange how that works out, isn't it? <laughs> It's like you care too much. Maybe. Maybe that's it. I'm too close to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I need to distance myself as well. Yeah. Um, so all that said, would you like to get into the first question? Let's jump right. How was your week? My week Let's was, jump right in. Yeah. <laughs> good Good call. Uh, dear, I do and I don't. Podcast if you could, show. <laughs> stop it. Dear, I do and I don't. If you could recommend three ways to keep your married sex life satisfying, oh my goodness, what this, would they this be? Is, this is the commonest question. Yeah, but they need only three specific three. universal ways to keep a relationship, mm. a long-term relationship slash marriage sex life okay. interesting, um, satisfying. Mm. So three. Three, top three ways top to keep your ways. married sex life satisfying. Can I, uh, let's start with a cliche. Okay. Foreplay. <laughs> okay. Well, actually, you know, we've never really, I don't think we've talked about foreplay. We haven't. So maybe this is the perfect time. The perfect entree to into foreplay. <laughs> entree into foreplay. <laughs> um, what is foreplay, Kat? You're a woman. I obviously don't know what it is. The foreplay is how you begin the sexual dance. Mm. It's a broad, broad description, isn't it? So I think a lot of times when we're thinking about foreplay, we think about oral sex. When I think about foreplay, I think about whether or not your dirty socks are still on the floor. Interesting. See, that's a very stark contrast. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll answer, yes, my dirty socks are currently on the floor. (laughs) Then I will say you're going to have to perform a lot more oral sex. (laughs) Oh, so that's great for me because I really enjoy that. So you're saying, and let me let me just pinpoint you. If I leave my laundry on the floor, I get to go down on you longer. Not you, but whoever I'm actually going down on. <clears throat> okay. That's that's wonderful because you know how how many times, and I don't know, you don't have to speak personally, but how many times have I heard men tell me that they ha- get tapped out? That somebody taps their shoulder and goes, "Eh, that's enough of that now." Really? Put it in. Yeah, and I think it's because it's, bo- it's boring for the person or something. Oh. They're just like, okay. There's that whole thing again, though, where women are incapable of expressing what it is that they like. Right. They'd rather just tap you out and get you doing what you like to do. Rather than communicate their own needs. Yeah. Which maybe they don't even realize because they don't actually know how to get themselves off. They're like, can you get up here and finish so I can get those socks off the floor? <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, my point in the socks, okay, sweetie. Though, is yeah. that foreplay starts like... I think for a lot of women anyway, I can't speak for men. I probably shouldn't speak for all women either, but um, it starts before any kind of sexual engagement even happens because we're super cerebral. So we need Mm. a seed planted like early in the day sometimes, you know, and like it could be a sexy text that we get midday. If you're into dick pics, I guess it could be a dick pic. I personally All right, but I think maybe the universal answer to that is. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The could dick pic. be that. The dick pic is a quavering question mark <laughs> right there. 
Yes. Um, yeah, so like ambiance is nice for foreplay as well. It's not so, just the mechanical acts that... So, uh, so a good foreplay is you come home from work or grocery shopping or whatever, and there's just like a thousand candles, all over, giant white candles lit all over the floor. Beautiful. It's almost like the stage of Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking as you were <laughs> describing that. Your, your man is standing in a boat-type set thing. <laughs> <laughs> There's a smoke machine, Whoa. and his dick is out. Wow. Is yeah. that foreplay? You had me at smoke machine. Um, <laughs> I, I could, I mean, like, that would be a, a very extreme example of setting the atmosphere, but yeah. it's nice. I like it. <laughs> I would not be opposed to coming home to a house full of lit candles. You're like, it is so hot in here. It's just <laughs> so much <laughs> like, fire. Legit. I am sweating. Can you blow some of these out? Like, we could have done with half the candles. You're triggering my perimenopause. <laughs> What the hell? Open a window. You open the window, all the candles go out because it just blows them out. Ah, <clears throat> uh, tangenty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to understand foreplay here. I'm sorry. Yes, I, I, I know. Um, it begins the moment you wake up, let's just say. Mm. Right? And it has Tweak to Tweak to the do, nipple, have a nice day. It could. Sure. Great. But also, like, how are you engaging with each other? Are you communicating love in lovely terms? Are you fighting in full of conflict? That's not going to be mm-hmm. conducive to setting mm-hmm. the stage for a sexual experience later in the day. Do you send cute texts back and forth to each other? Are you helping to make sure that the other person isn't dealing with a lot of external stress when they're at home and you want to be in that space where you're able to connect? And, you know, like, how are you setting the tone? For- you also mentioned on another podcast, like, coming up behind somebody and wrapping your arms around them mm-hmm. and kissing their neck a little bit yep. while making dinner or yeah. what have you. Yeah, those simple little gestures go a long way, particularly for women, I think. I know a lot of men who love them, too. Just like these sweet little touchstones to remind each other that we are connected and that there is physical connection there. My favorite thing would be like <clears throat> if I'm doing dishes, let's say, if I'm cleaning the dishes, you know, if um, the girl I'm with were to come up behind me and wrap her arms around me, undo my pants, pull them down, go around in front and suck my cock. That's, like that would be nice foreplay for that me. Is, that's some good foreplay. Yep, that's that's sort of like jumping the gun on all those things that I was talking about and getting to like level two foreplay. Oh, maybe? that's level two. Okay. Maybe even level Ooh, three. Interesting foreplay. levels of foreplay. Mm-hmm. So, pick up your socks. It's level one. So, so yeah, like level one is the subtle ways you interact throughout the day. Let's say, and also ways that you alleviate stressors and things like that. Yeah, or any barriers to sexual engagement later, mm-hmm. right? Number two level foreplay is like physical touch. And but, but not to the extent and of not, anything not sexual. And not super sexual. S- okay. Non-sexual A big old touch. hug. Yeah, hugs, like little kisses. Tap just on like, the butt. Yeah, sweet words exchanged, those kinds of things. Level three foreplay, and let's say that there's three. Four. Le- there should be four. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Okay. Level three foreplay would be probably more sexual engagement, like um, touch and conversation. Maybe this is the tweak the nipple. Yeah, maybe a little more suggestive, a little Mm -hmm. bit more ramped up. Um, And then level four foreplay is like the clothes are off. Now we're between each other's legs. We're trying to get each other ready for sex. Here's the thing. Digitally. Here's the thing. Okay, so I will say foreplay is definitely one of the top three, but let's, instead of calling it foreplay, just say commitment to keeping your sex life interesting. Mm. Mm-hmm. Investment. Okay, but that's almost just all three, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. Okay. Because I was going to say, foreplay. like... Attention to detail. Can we say attention to detail then? Yeah, uh, but, but why don't we call it foreplay? <laughs> fine but uh, but know that we're we're, talking about many things we're saying foreplay but we're not just saying foreplay figure out what that means we're giving them those but and you're right detail Mm -hmm. in foreplay Mm -hmm. and all four levels of foreplay yeah all all the four levels of foreplay f-o-u-r play so detail slash foreplay number one okay what's number two okay number two to keep your sex life alive in a marriage well, I did foreplay. Why don't you do one? I don't know why I have to. Okay, here's mine. <laughs> okay. Imagination. Okay. Slash creativity. Mm. Um, oh, and I think I have number three now. But so let's t- unpack 
imagination. I think it's just the, the acceptance that sex cannot always be mechanical. This is also kind of role play can fall into this. Category. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Props, costumes, mm. scripts, toys, toys, scripts. Yeah. Mm. Who's writing? <gasps> I a, am. Hold on. I have this... several role play scripts on my blog. Fascinating. I've never read your blog. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joel. <laughs> but okay, so this is really uh, interesting. So you, so one partner can write a script that the other partner now has to has can, to quote unquote. You can learn it. And then Play perform along it. and perform. Oh, wow. That would be super fun. Right? So, you know, the sky's the limit when it comes to imagination and creativity. And if both partners are committed to being creative in the bedroom, things will never get boring. Yeah. I mean, especially if you, you're you're going in, you're like, okay, it's time to do the script I wrote. And she's like, okay, let me just get the script. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're supposed to be off, off book, book at this point. <laughs> what am I paying you for? <laughs> yeah. I'm calling the yeah, Memorize it, babe. How are you supposed to read this with, you know... My penis in your face. That's not. <laughs> I'm going to get a paper cut. You're not going to be able to hold those sides while your hands are tied behind your back. <laughs> it's going to work. Let's be real. Um, yeah. So, but there, I, I think sometimes you can get off course too with the imagination and creativity thing because life gets in the hey, way. Look, as long as you're getting off, right? Uh, Just a joke. Um, but you have to like remind each other and redirect yeah. and revisit. But here's, it, a, here's a fun thing yeah. that I started doing recently. I'm getting personal. Go on. Without apology. Um, we realized we had never really watched a lot of porn together. And we both enjoy right. porn. Mm-hmm. But we we weren't sure, like, what each person would like. So we started an Evernote document. <laughs> <laughs> Back to our sponsor, Evernote. Who <laughs> is sadly not our sponsor. But um, we share links to porn that we've enjoyed mm. with each other. Well, so you mentioned that in an earlier podcast as well, the idea of, of sharing, sharing a list. Ideas. Yeah. And I, I can see how that is something. You can also create um, a wish list on Amazon of like toys and products and costumes and lingerie right, you'd right. like to incorporate. Here's all these wacky things that I'd like to do. Mm-hmm. But as you say, is the it's the idea of... You have to work to keep things interesting. Yeah, like this is a... We are, need to... This still needs to be play, yeah, and not just utilitarian. Oh God, no! And it's it, and utilitarian isn't always just like, um, oh, we're making babies. This is why we're doing it. But it's almost like, well, we do need to have orgasms. Mm-hmm. Those are good for us. Yes. And you want one? I want one. Let's do this now through the most convenient or or the most efficient way possible. Yeah. That's the worst thing you're ever going to experience in your life. Well, it's not that bad. Well, I guess it's <laughs> the worst is just not it not happening. Yeah, at exactly. All. all right, so it's the second worst the second scenario. Worst. Well, I think, you know, even in the most imaginative imaginative and connected sexual relationships, sometimes that's what sex is like, but I think there needs to be that commitment that that is not going to be the norm. That's mm. going to be like we only have 20 minutes right now. We both really want right. to get off. Let's do it. Yeah, but then, that's there's a fun Exactly. To that too. So even if <laughs> that's quickie. like, okay, we're doing it the for nooner. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, that's still kind of like, ooh, <laughs> we got to hurry. You got to yep. come now. You got to come now. You know what I mean? Yep. So those are still sort of fun scenarios. Yep. Um, I mean, car sex is ridiculous, but if you have to do it sometimes, it can be fun, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just like, why in this cramped, ridiculous space? Do we... Yeah. But anyway, those are. Sort, sort, sort of some things that you can do. But so creativity um, and imagination mm-hmm. and staying engaged in that way. And then yeah. I would say the third one, and and I don't know if the other two touch on it, but I guess I think it's the main one. So maybe this would be number one. So maybe foreplay would be number three, and then yours would be creativity and whatever would be number two. This, I think, is number one. And you can let me know if you agree with that. But openness. Yeah. Just having an open kind of heart and mind to this experience. Joel, I thought you were going to say something ridiculous that I was going to be like, shut up, Joel. But that was actually like really good. Well, it's the number one. (laughs) But because like if you are open, and I think that this goes in every aspect of a relationship, but if you are open, then you can, all bets are off. Mm -hmm. Because you can always be like, oh, yeah, that wasn't so good. Okay, let's do this then. Let's try this. Let, you know, and everyone's just like, yeah, everyone. <laughs> All eight people are like, <laughs> no, don't do that. That would be my first advice of what not to do. To don't jump into do. it. Ate some. No. Um, <laughs> but it's it's like, oh, this is yeah, like 
I'm, I'm open to that idea. Yeah, let's try this. Okay, that didn't really work out, but it's fine. We don't have egos about it. We, we're, we're not freaking out. We're not like oh, scared of every single idea that's presented. You yeah. know what I mean? And of course, there are going to be boundaries. That's fine. Of but course. openness in spirit, Yeah, that will, I think that's really all you need. I think a, a great sex life is born of the intention with both people that everything is up for discussion. Right. And could that also fall in, like, could openness also be kind of this idea of, you know what, I'm not feeling sex energy at this particular moment, but you have expressed a desire. So let me be open to going down that road. We've been talking about how someone's too tired or someone's had a long day, but sometimes if you're open to it, maybe that your mood can shift. Am I crazy? I don't think you're crazy. I think it's entirely possible that that could happen. But you're also looking at me with a little bit of apprehension. No, no. It's just, it's a good idea to be open to. Um, I think for some people being in sexual space, if they're really not feeling sexual can be triggering. Sure. Uh, like I'm, I'm just saying if you're, all bets aside, like let's just yeah. say that's not the case. Then, right. We're then, just yeah. saying like if someone's like, uh, I've had a long day and I, like, feel, I, think, I don't feel fresh. Yeah. It's like, well, let's just give it a go. Hop in the shower together. Let's, you know, and if you're open, oh, all right. You know, yeah. not like I feel very. <laughs> or like, like what no. about, what about I'm exhausted. There's no chance that I'm going to be able to get into that headspace. But if you want to masturbate, I'll hold you or whatever while you go to town. <laughs> Is that weird? I think that's nice. Let me cup your balls. <laughs> There you go. Can you just wiggle them a little? I'll I'll try not to snore too loudly while you finish. If you'd prefer to go in the shower, that's cool too, whatever. I just, I feel like that is the spirit in which to approach these things. But you also, this is a bit of a tangent as well, but you, you mentioned the porn thing. But I feel like there are relationships, and you can let me know if any of your girlfriends, but I don't know if this is going to be true because I don't know what kind of girls you hang out with. But The best kind. <laughs> but I feel like there's a, a large uh, group of people out there who, like w- women um, especially, who don't really want their men to uh, have pleasure from anyone else, and that includes pornography or, like, well, I don't know how they feel about masturbation in general, but, like, can, is part of this openness an idea maybe where it's like, don't be so precious about, you know, he's going to go masturbate to some porn now? Because sometimes it's, it's like, oh, I, you know, my wife is out of the house. I can finally, <laughs> like, have me time. Is that that's see? That that's seems a dynamic strange. that I would not want. Yeah. So that like, it's like, can I? Like, I feel I don't think I would ever have felt comfortable in any relationship I've been in to go. I'm just going to go into this room and enjoy myself for a little while. Just leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah, like that would be weird. Weird, but to if say that, if your partner's like totally exhausted and you're raring yeah, to go, that's what I'm thinking. Like if they're and honestly, when I suggested that, I was thinking of myself. <laughs> like, what if I still want to have more orgasms, but they're done? Like, yeah, that happens. It's a thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's like, well, I'm just gonna. Can you <laughs> put on that mask and those earplugs, and I'll just be fla- fapping over here. <laughs> fapping. <laughs> What? No. You don't know this term fapping? I think I do, actually. I feel like we've covered this before. We talked about it, yeah. We did talk about it the one. Um, Yeah, no, I don't. I I think uh, the porn thing is tricky. I understand why a lot of people aren't really into it because some of it's really not very empowering. But there's some really excellent porn out there. That's also very interesting because it's like to what level is. Is someone going to police their partner's tastes? I don't think that they should unless there's a risk element. <laughs> well, sure. But, the, like, I mean, I like this is a great question. Could a certain type of porn be a deal breaker? 
that's actually a question that's coming up on the horizon for a future episode, <laughs> as a matter of fact. And we will leave it for that. Yeah. Stay tuned to <laughs> I Do and I Don't podcast show where we will cover and obviously porn the, being a deal breaker. The answer is yes to that because there's some crazy fucking porn out there. I just dropped the F-bomb. So. <clears throat> yeah, but I said someone's going to suck my cock, so I think we're even. <laughs> um all right, so I, I think we 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 covered it. Yeah, so the openness is that? number one. Openness number one, got to be open. Mm-hmm. Number two is imagination slash creativity. Be creative. Don't. It's good to be open, but also have some ideas. Bring them to the table, baby. And number three is foreplay slash attention to detail. Yeah, and that foreplay goes both ways. Yes, of so course. So let's not expect the guy to be to warm up and and lather up. The lady all the time. Can I say one more thing? Yeah. Okay, so I don't think that the expectation of sex should always be penis and vagina sex either. Yes, it should. I mean, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> so it shouldn't always be um, I feel like as, intercourse. As a human species, we have kind of evolved beyond the idea that the only type of sex is penal vaginal intercourse well of course because of the gays mm-hmm. thank thank you gays again for enlightening <laughs> so us. it can be penis anus or penis mouth is that what you're saying uh yeah or like no penis what <laughs> that's not fair <laughs> <laughs> it isn't fair i guess but it doesn't have to always be one way like and sometimes maybe not everyone has to have an orgasm mm, i don't like that but if that's what she's choosing She's like, it's going to take me forever to come. We have like this much time right now. So yeah, you can't please like enjoy yourself and force this makes an me orgasm happy. Yeah. type of thing. I think, that, I think the expectation of orgasm and the expectation of intercourse can really add undue pressure in sexual scenarios sometimes. Okay. If people are struggling with any kind of thing. I can't really um, you can't relate. argue that. Um, or relate. I, I, I don't know if I can really <laughs> relate that much because like as much as I can say that sure if there was just some um like oral play and stuff like that that could be a satisfying experience and that can still be really nice and lovely um i i feel like and i don't think it's just me or just the male partner i feel like you really do want to have that you know sexual intercourse <laughs> like I feel like that dri- it, things are driving there like that's where the momentum is leading mm-hmm. so I you know yes I, I can see both sides but I still think that you're I would imagine both parties are still kind of going to be wanting that even if it doesn't end up happening right but so yes and yes and no yes and no well i do and i don't understand what you're saying i do and i don't know what you're saying i'm just this this is coming from a place of hearing about a lot of people's sexual dysfunction okay so they don't they, um intercourse for some reason doesn't work for them sometimes 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 and they're like can we just stay on the outside well, they're just creating a lot of pressure for themselves if they're like if that's the end goal every single time, and that's I think is it is it more orgasm you're talking about here? More orgasm? Like, is it more uh, difficulty having an orgasm and the expectations of orgasm beyond like not as because or is it really this this like particular intercourse? no this technique like of taking orgasm off the table in a mm-hmm. sexual encounter or taking the expectation of penetration off the table in mm-hmm. a sexual encounter is applicable to both like inorgasmic women who are having difficulty achieving orgasm in the first place mm-hmm. um, maybe they've never really achieved orgasm or maybe suddenly they're having difficulty climaxing and it's also really applicable to any men who are dealing with like performance anxiety or erectile dysfunction mm-hmm. so just like eliminating the expectation of orgasm or penetration can really just open it up to play and exploration and mm-hmm. good intimate sensual connection. Mm-hmm. And from there, you kind of let nature take its course and see where it goes. I feel like that's an excellent uh, way to approach very new or even first time sexual experiences oh that's brilliant actually i like that a lot yeah because you you sometimes you you might be in there and you're like "Eh, you know what yeah i don't think we need to go all the way (laughs) maybe (laughs) i don't know what that means well you know i you just be like "Eh, i don't know maybe you there because you're right there sometimes when you're you start making out 
mm-hmm. even you start making out. And, and the for kissing both is parties, not, yeah. the expectation is that's where it's going to lead. Right. Like, um, and this is the first time you're starting to do things with this person. But, mm-hmm. you know, you know things close. They're going to come on. <laughs> and, yeah, the kissing may be a little, you're like, oh, okay, I don't know about this. Yep. Or, you know, something that's gone on in the evening makes you a little bit apprehensive about the whole idea um, in general. So you're like, eh, I'd like to take some time. But then at the same time, you're still, I don't know, There's, I, I feel like it's, these things are so nuanced. Sometimes you're like, but I'm still in this thing. Yeah, you want to <laughs> you know? see what's up, yeah. but you don't want to see what's up. Yeah, so yeah. it's just like, I might not want to get in there right now, you know. Which is going to probably be surprising too, so because I've spoken to some um, guy friends of mine and and mentioned how sometimes I am not interested in sleeping with someone who I may be you know spending some time with, and that was surprising to them. Wow, really? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess they they maybe um, take up take people up on any offer oh wow that, that i don't know I, i'm just interesting it could be a, i don't want to make any assumptions but um <clears throat> I think but yeah that, so i get what you're saying now that might speak to a higher state of evolution joel <laughs> the fact that you can be discerning about your sexual partner i'm so great kudos to you <laughs> shall we move on to question number two sure okay my wife is a childhood trauma survivor what do I need to understand about trauma to be able to support her when she's triggered? I don't. <laughs> Joel okay, I just laughed. I falls laughed. into laughing. <laughs> I just started. Yeah, I fell about laughing, and that was because I'm not going to be able to answer this question at all. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be able to weigh in this, weigh in on this, in one iota. Um, I fortunately can. <laughs> That's why I was hoping. Weigh in on it, and I I pulled up some links, but I don't know how much I want to like delve into the science. Mm-hmm. I think I'll speak in broad terms and just like tell people how they can find out that more. That makes information. sense because you are abroad. I am abroad. It's true. Um, That's the last joke I'm going to make in this part. <laughs> well, I don't know. I feel like we have to approach everything with lightheartedness sometimes because mm-hmm. life is fucking hard, isn't it? <laughs> Well, my grandma always used to say, if you don't laugh, you cry. It's true. Your grandma's a wise lady. She also said there's a perfect, there's there's a match for every dirty old sock. And that was... uh, Aw. Maybe maybe there's hope for all of us then, isn't there? I was like, grandma, will I ever find love? Well, there's a match for every dirty old sock. Aw. My my grandma did not sound like that. She had a lovely, she didn't, she had, I don't think she ever smoked. I really just heard Selma and Patty from yeah, The Simpsons. Yeah, no, she was just more then. like, there's a match for every dirty old sock, you know, maybe more along those lines. Well, I hope that yours didn't go into that like triangle of unknown dryer land. Who? Oh, this, <laughs> oh yeah, the sock. The sock. <laughs> the Bermuda, tri- the the Bermuda triangle of yes. dryers. Yeah, sock where socks dryers. go. Never mind, this joke is No, no, failed. that makes sense. And... Uh, that is a heartbreaking idea. Yeah. <laughs> I lost my sock forever. Forever. It's gone. I'm, now I'm like dating some dirty sports sock that I've never... You never like, should I don't imagine. know anything about You need sports. a quality argyle, I think. I need a nice argyle yeah. sock, probably with like pink and gray. Yeah, pink and gray argyle with a bit of a cashmere blend. Mm. Mm. <laughs> what the hell just happened? We were supposed to be talking about I would about marry trauma. that sock. I would marry that sock. I don't care if it had a hole or two. Ah. I'd darn that beautiful sock. I'd fix all that sock's problems. Let's talk about childhood trauma. (laughs) But how can I compose myself enough to have that conversation? Okay, here's the thing about trauma. A lot of people, when they think about trauma, immediately their brains go to like soldiers or... Mm, PTSD. um, Yeah, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. So... PTSD is a very extreme response to trauma, um, but there are signs and symptoms of PTSD that can emerge in people who have never been in combat or who have never been like first, what do they call those? First responders? First, yeah, yeah. Like police or ambulance. Police, ambulance, fire. fire, people who are exposed to really extreme circumstances. Right. Trauma essentially occurs whenever we are faced with our own mortality in a very real and visceral way. And whether or not we actually are at danger of dying or we perceive the danger of death, it basically forces the brain into the extreme 
fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. And so if you've experienced trauma in any capacity, like uh, particularly in your childhood, that moment of your brain falling into fight or flight can become imprinted. Um, and if it's repeated trauma over your childhood, it, the symptoms become worse. So basically, if someone is suffering from any kind of PTSD or trauma that they have yet to unpack and start to work through, their brain is completely different than other people's. What happens is something called polyvagal response. So if you are really curious to learn about trauma, the polyvagal theory is the most recent theory. And basically it talks about our fight flight response or our frozen response. Sometimes people don't flee or fight. They just freeze and shut down. And how the three types of the brain come into play. Can I just, um, so when you, cause you mentioned that like, it's when you feel as though your life is threatened. Yeah. But when we're talking about traumatic things that a child might have gone through, mm-hmm. for some reason, heartbreakingly, I always think that it's some sort of molestation or some sort of sexual trauma. Yeah. And that, in those moments, I feel like it's a loss of control. Yeah. And and even though maybe intellectually we all know that's not going to necessarily kill you in yeah. that moment, but that is enough of a thing to yeah. go, wow, you know, like I have no control here. I could die. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, and you know, molestation is not the only form of childhood trauma. It can be any moment like of physical abuse, mm-hmm. um, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, um, extreme violence that can happen. Right. Maybe even... Witnessing extreme violence. Yeah, I was going to say like if, if there's a violent person, to, the violence in between your parents yep. and you witness that. Yeah, and even types of corporal punishment that were widely accepted in previous generations mm-hmm. can leave a traumatic imprint on people. You think spanking it could, could be just simple old spanking? It could, for sure. Okay. It depends on how it's delivered, I guess. If your right. parent is raging at you while they're yeah. spanking you, that's a terrifying spanking thing. Spanking out of anger. Yeah, I, I can't condone spanking in terms of I don't think anyone's children. condoning that anymore. No, good. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> that's a good call. Spanking should only be reserved for consenting adults. <laughs> Um, so basically if you want to help your partner, it's really important that you understand how trauma affects the brain, because if they are in a triggered state, they are actually not capable of the same kind of rational conversation that you might be able to be capable Mm -hmm. of in that moment. They literally do need to identify when they're in that state and they will most likely need to put a pause on any further conversation. What do you mean by identify? Like they will understand their own signs and symptoms of when they're being triggered. So they have to say, "Uh uh-oh. Yeah. I'm in a moment here. Yeah. Yeah. It's and like you, that uh, U2 song, I'm stuck in a moment mm-hmm. and I can't get exactly. out of it. But that's, I think, a, is that a love song? Yeah, it might be. But anyway, apply that to triggering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to recognize when you are triggered and then you need to take whatever space you need to restore calm so that your brain can get out of that response of fight or flight or freeze and return to normal processing. So the question we have here is how can I support my partner? Support my partner. So educate yourself. Educate yourself but also what how can we help them know when they need to identify those moments like Well, you'll be able to see it. Like you'll actually see your partner either ramp up and get super aggressive or shut down completely. Right. Um, so when you see that happening, if they don't have the capacity to suggest a pause, then you can step in and say, like, let's put a pause on this and we'll keep talking when we both feel a little bit more calm. And they may resist that, but, you know, like until they can be accountable and, and understand that this process is going to work much better if everyone is in a cooler space, you have to really facilitate that. Another thing you can do to help is certainly encourage them to keep working on their own healing because trauma is a lifelong thing to heal. Mm -hmm. Uh, No matter how much work you feel like you've done to move through it, there will always be things that show up in your life to help you see that you still have a little ways to go. Um, And there is no shame in revisiting wellness practices that may have served you before when you found like you were more frequently in a triggered state. 
Um, and yeah, if you work together to both of you educate yourselves about how trauma affects the brain and how it can impact relationships and your ability to connect with other people, I think just that piece of understanding, because there's, there's like this expectation, I guess, that, uh, you know, you should just get over it. Mm. Um, and it's not quite so simple. And to me, it was like really reaffirming to hear that <laughs> the brain's chemistry has actually changed from what it ought to be. Mm. Uh, and so there's, and, and it can be reprogrammed. That's the beautiful thing about the brain, right? Like we can restructure ourselves so that they work differently. And, and that process is done in many ways when it comes to trauma treatment. Like there's all kinds of things from cognitive behavioral therapy through to like even yoga and meditation and mindfulness. Um, and there's some great people who are doing amazing work um, in communities at risk where there are a lot of like people who have had a lot more trauma in their lives and right. therefore the violence in those communities is much stronger, that they're developing mindfulness and meditation practices in, in communities like that to help people just slow down that response and that triggered state. So the final word would be to, yes, educate yourself and then maybe encourage these types of therapies yeah absolutely like your partner is accountable for how they behave yeah you know no matter what happens to us in our lives we get to choose how we want to be in the world ultimately mm -hmm. and how much of our own healing we want to empower ourselves with and those big conversations are happening not when they're in the no absolutely <laughs> not no. the triggered state that's all um calm times yeah and then if things ramp up through those because i feel like that can happen like you're like hey can we talk about the behavior last night or three nights ago that I'm sure can lead to more of that type of sure. defensive For sure. behavior and stuff like that. So, and that if it, if it does become a cyclical conversation where nothing's getting resolved, that's a really good sign that there definitely needs to be some intervention and some additional healing applied. And maybe even couples therapy is good in that kind of situation because as much as your partner deserves to have their traumatic response respected and recognized, you also deserve to be heard and understood by your partner. So sometimes mm -hmm. having a third party in there to facilitate those conversations and make sure that everyone is heard is a really valuable tool. But they also need, as you say, to work on their own thing. And so even they, maybe they should have their own therapy. 100%. And then yeah, 100%. if you need to do the couples therapy as well. or yep. Everyone should be in therapy in that situation, um, maybe. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you recognize, there's this really great quiz online, which is your trauma index It's test. a BuzzFeed quiz. And uh, <laughs> it's what's your favorite type of pizza? And it'll show you. What's your favorite type of pizza? <laughs> or how much does trauma have an effect on your life? So yeah. it's it's two. It's a it's a very hybrid mm -hmm. quiz. Very hybrid. Um, it's like you like Hawaiian and and you <laughs> keep choosing partners that are helping you realize your trauma over and over and over again. That makes sense because I think Hawaiian pizza is fairly traumatic. I think it's terrible. Mm -hmm. Well, we're on the same page. Okay, so what you're looking for is called the post traumatic stress index test. So you can take this test for free online, and it will give you a sense of how much trauma is actually affecting your ability to function in the, mm. in the world. And it will also suggest therapeutic techniques that can help based on your um, results. So it's super effective and super mm. empowering if you Very are. And it will actually give you a sense if you do have trauma to work through because guess what? Most of us do. Good thing I don't, but, you know... I would love to see your <laughs> traumatic stress index test. I bet you it's very low. I bet you it is, too. I don't... I just can't... Like, I'm sure there's been things in my life that weren't ideal or perfect. I'm just saying it would be really nice to see what the results look like on an untouched person <laughs> who's like a field of drifting snow, glistening and pure. Stop it. It's too true. It's too true. And then I want to spend a lot of time with your mom and dad. And see what yeah, those parents look like. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if where my Zen stems from, but I don't know if it's from that. Sometimes we learn these techniques in uh, the and what moving not through to it. Do exactly. Sort of thing, yeah, you know? by being co in contrast to the beautiful yeah. caregivers who brought us. Into then the again, world. no, I, I don't want to say any. Cause I don't know if there. If my parents or anyone in my family listens to our podcast, but. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say that they're that they created too much unrest. I think just probably normal levels. Normal levels of parental unrest. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I think when children do decide to be different than their families, that's called evolution. So 
Yeah, and or um, <laughs> also sometimes you're just like, I mean, you know, Kat, I'm a bit of an odd duck. And uh, it's so funny because I don't think you are at all. Well, maybe, but I guess I I am also an odd duck, so that maybe we're like ugly, ugly odd ducklings. If you you go and you're like, oh, these are all sorts of people that I know, you would probably say, okay, Joel isn't the most normal of them all. And I'm not saying in a weird, like demented way. I think you might be one of the more normal people (laughs) I know. But you also are uniquely, and I said this to someone the other day who was asking about you. You are very clearly engaged in your sense of self. Like you know who you are and you know what you like. And this what is you how need. I know I'm so special and different. <laughs> a little narcissistic, but like... <laughs> Just a touch. Most interesting people are. But... <laughs> But uh, what was my whole? I wasn't just to say that how, how great you are. special I am. It was more <laughs> the idea that um, he's also single, <laughs> <laughs> ladies. <laughs> but I think the idea was uh, that I was trying to get at there was even within your own family, sometimes they might go, "Oh, Joel's a little bit different. I, we don't relate to him on the mm-hmm. same level, even though we were all raised the same." The same and, yeah. And I'm sure there are things in my character or personality that people, my family's like, oh yeah, like that, we know where that comes from. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, he's like this because that guy in their family's like that. But I think that there are some interests or, yeah, perspectives that maybe would be different, but um, no big whoop. So uh, definitely want to be at the next Christmas gathering. <laughs> I don't know how that became a, a little bit. Take oh. me to the Van Vliet Christmas. Easter, Easter's coming up. You guys know. must do Easter. I think they somebody must. <laughs> you know, I, I always they go, Joel, come over. I go, I'm enough of a ham. I don't need to come. Oh God, to, <laughs> no, please bring. Like, your... please don't do any more puns and stay home. I'll be the token pagan at your Christian <laughs> Easter gathering. It'll be beautiful. They'll love you, my me. mom. You, the, your mom would this love is me. The thing. Joel. My mother would love you, and she would. She would like, say, Joel, please spend a lot. Of, she would communicate with you. So much. If if you met my mother and spent an afternoon talking, she would. I mean, you would. You could. Yeah, hey, just come over at one. You'd leave at like probably after midnight, <laughs> and you'd have been talking the whole time. And you'd go, "What was all this?" And and you would get email after email after email, and you'd be one of her girls. That is one hundred percent what would happen. I love that. <laughs> That's my mom. She would make you one of her girls. Aww. And but uh, I will also say that you would find many, many, many vastly different opinions on how things work in the world. Oh, I'm sure <laughs> between the two of you, that'd be great. And though. she would be sharing her v- perspective, um, very like a lot with you. And that's how that would go. And if you were open to that and engaging you know, forever, you guys would be uh, friends. <laughs> I love it when people tell me how I should do things. It's my favorite. Am I telling you how you? No, no. no that's it it kind of sounded she, like maybe your mom might she do that. Would, she would, uh, she's not going to say, you should do this, you should do that. She would go. Here's what I think. Yeah, this is the way. Well, this is. She would make very strong, bold statements about how things are. Okay. But not how you should be, but how things are. Okay. And she'd go, well, this is, well, because of this, well, this and this. And then you'd go. That's not true. I dance so that I can be part of the life force. And she'd be like, that's not real. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Okay. I, I'm, I'm hearing you. This she, she, may, she may give you an alternative. Like you think you're um, connecting to this thing, but actually this is what is flowing through music and love and this and that. She may, maybe. She but it's the same other... thing probably. Yeah, well, it depends. Are we divulging a, a religious conversation at this point? It would get into that. Yeah. That's why I'm speaking in broad terms. Okay, I'm like, but, what are you saying here? But yeah, so she I, she would not say it's the same thing, but she she may have. I don't even know. I don't. My mama, I don't think she really doesn't have to say it's the dancing. same thing because I know that it is. It's fine. <laughs> that's fine. But she would <laughs> cons- she would let you know that that's not true. <laughs> Jesus and I are well aware that it's the same thing. Okay, let's uh, let's move on to question number three. Okay, did we? I, we did answer. We you did. answered that question, yeah. so that's good. Number three, what's the best way to put a pause on an argument? Wait, we just talked. About no, what's how to do it? I how? I butted these up together. Mm, tricky. So we're just continuing this question too. Yeah, but it's important because whether or not you're 
partner is traumatized or dealing with trauma, you have to be able to disengage sometimes from a a conversation that's not going anywhere. Is it okay to go to bed angry sometimes? It's the second part of this question. What's so good about that is we're dealing with a cliche. Mm -hmm. I love a good cliche. (laughs) um, Is it okay to go to bed angry? Well, we've been told for our whole entire lives that it is not. That do not do that. If you've ever been to a wedding... Don't go to bed angry. Don't go to bed angry is rule number one. How to keep your sex life alive? Don't go to bed angry. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to call bullshit on that rule. Yeah, because if you go to bed angry like for sex, that could be some pretty be hot fantastic. sex. <laughs> sex. Sometimes I tell people to um, do things to slightly annoy me so I can punish them later. <laughs> you need a good brat in your life then. <laughs> I'm not saying that that's something that If you're looking I, up people's weird kinks on your dating apps, that's one for you to look for, Joel. A brat? A brat. Um, but, so, uh, is it okay? Should we answer that one first or should we save that? No, it is okay to go to bed angry. Mm. But here's the thing. Don't go to bed not speaking to each other mm. and furious. Ah. Like, you can kiss each other goodnight and still be pissed off at one yeah. another. You know, I think this is, it's just like, how do we define anger? Mm. Is getting into a disconnected moment with your partner where you can't find a resolution at that well, space? Well, that, that is the question. What is anger? Yeah. Because the this, the cliche isn't, go, don't go to bed with a disagreement looming. Mm-hmm. Because obviously that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. We have to solve every problem in a 24-hour span? Yeah. It's impossible. Like, what if this is a big question? Yeah. But I think that's where people get confused because they don't understand that there's a difference there. But 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 anger. Like if you've slammed the door to the bedroom and now you're just thinking he's sleeping on the couch, I would mm-hmm. say that that's not a good. That's call. not a good thing. No. So don't go to bed without open communication. Mm-hmm. I think I think you can say I'm not really able to continue talking about this right now. I'm mm-hmm. tired. It's late. I'm feeling too emotional. Can we put a pause on it and revisit it tomorrow? Right. Before I love you get you. to the I love point. You. <laughs> Do you do? I know. <laughs> wow. That's not what I was saying, Kat. <laughs> well, Stop. you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Stop batting your eyes at me. I, I was, I, this wasn't just, I wasn't um, all of a sudden, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I wasn't confessing something. <laughs> now that we've mid- established that your mother will love me slash try to save me. It's all out there, conversation uh, about um, how to go to how bed, to go angry. To bed angry. I suddenly said I loved you. That's when Joel decided to say, in, di- in, in a dialogue that he was having as characters in a thing, that's pretty tricky, but I'm pretty sure he loves me. Um, <laughs> but if you say I don't, like I, I'm upset with you, but I love you. <laughs> we are editing all of this out, right? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> It's pretty funny. We'll see. We'll just have to see. It, uh, <clears throat> Kat, it's going to be in there. <laughs> I'm choking. Fuchsia. The only thing I'm editing out is when I couldn't find the word confe- confess. <laughs> That's going to seem pretty quick. Okay, but what out. if you can't arrive at the I love you? Like sometimes it's hard to say when you're in the midst of the shit. That's a hard night. I wouldn't have a good time going to sleep. At that point, like, okay. I love you, uh, I love you, but like, shouldn't you be able to like? How can why can you not like? Can can't you just like be like? Mm-hmm. I just heard about this concept <sighs> called splitting. Actually, I love you too. But have you ever I'm heard really of splitting? Upset. You What's probably that? have, but it's probably some weird sex thing and not at all what I'm talking about. So No, I don't. By the way, I don't hear of weird sex things. Lies. Um, I'm currently listening to this book called The Tactical Guide to Women. Uh, by Sean T. Smith, and yeah. I'm listening to it. Finally, because, a man telling us about women. Well, it's actually really well written. He's a I'm psychologist, and um, it's giving me some really good insight into the male psyche. But in the chapter I was just listening to, you, he's talking about something called splitting, where for some people, in the midst of like an argument or a heightened state of aggression and anger, they are unable to still see their partner as someone who loves them and cares for them. So it becomes mm. like, this person's out to get me. Yeah. And I think this is another trauma by- byproduct, actually, because I know I have done this before in previous relationships. Where like if I'm fighting, it feels like it's all over. It's not just uh, we're having a disagreement and this is a problem we have to work through. It's like, well, I better pack and figure out a new place to live. It's so ridiculous. See, I think that that's the way that an ex of mine 
was. Yeah. Like, that was their perspective. That to me and is I'd like, like well, unresolved trauma. We can just trauma. talk about this. Uh, you know, I don't know why. And it must feel so hard when you're on the other end of that, where you're like invested and you're willing to work it through. But every time there's a conflict, the other person's like, well, I guess this isn't going to work or, well, maybe we're not right for each other. And, and it, I don't know it, like that to that extent, but definitely the thing where it's like, um, now you're my enemy. You're my enemy. Yeah. And it's just like, why? Like, I'm, and, and I, I love, I'm, have such a mind f- as someone, I like, I can separate so much from an idea. Like I can just talk about an idea. Why are you laughing about this? <laughs> Cause I have such a mind. Cause I started it with that phrase. I have such a brilliant mind. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah. That's I have such my. I'm wired in the such a way that <laughs> is that better. Yeah. My huge brain allows me to. <laughs> my far advanced evolution. My uh, robot computer mind allows me to separate a lot of the time, and I'm not going to say I'm like completely emotionless. But when I'm talking about, I can say like this. Is, let's talk about this idea. Mm-hmm. Not. I don't have to attach the emotion to it. Right. I can, I can separate myself from that. So um, what was the point of that? Um, well, <laughs> I was trying to say that we should avoid splitting. If we find ourselves doing that, if we find ourselves framing our partners as the enemy just because we are in conflict oh, or yeah, disagreement, definitely. that's something that we personally need to be accountable for and work on mm-hmm. because it's not cool. Yeah, uh, and I think crazy. that's what leads to people... I was going to say it's crazy, but... It, <laughs> well... It is a little It crazy. is an indicator that there is some... Um, unresolved stuff to work through, let's mm-hmm. say for sure. Um, because I think that's what leads to people like walking out on each other, or slamming doors or, you know, like this kind of stuff that people aren't supposed to do before they go to bed or let's face it any other time. I think I've mentioned it before and I'm just going to uh, sort of slip it in here. <laughs> um, and that's the idea that you, you shouldn't be doing any sort of name calling. No, definitely and not. And that's, I always advocate for any time in the relationship even as a joke yeah and definitely not in any kind of argument yeah for sure no like the f you type of thing and you're such an asshole type of thing what about a this is fucking ridiculous is that okay it it probably doesn't help i don't like swearing in fights i used to i used to but now i find like if i'm at the point where i have to swear then i should just step away and take Mm -hmm. a little break Mm-hmm. And this is another thing too. Stepping away to take a break is very different than walking out or slamming a door. That's right. when you communicate that you need to take some space for a moment just to yeah. calm down. And I think no matter how that makes your partner feel, because that makes some people crazy anxious and they won't let you go, you have to hear that and you have to recognize that that gap is required or the conversation can be shelved for the night. I think um, just analyzing uh, myself a little more, uh, this idea of not swearing, because as I separate myself from the idea that I'm discussing with somebody, and I can be a, emphatic, you know, I'm I'm sometimes quite the passionate orator. <laughs> yeah, you talked already about how much you like oraling. <laughs> You're right. Um, I am not a comedian, Joel. <laughs> I don't know why I ever thought I was. You did? No. Um, <laughs> I mean, you you did, of course. You why wouldn't you? Um, yeah, sometimes I can be very emphatic, and what happens is I will use profanity to drive home a point, but not like this is effing ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I might be like, oh well, um, you know, yeah. So we all get to go and effing do this, and that makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? But right. I don't mean it in. I just mean it to like drive a point home. But mm-hmm. I think. What you're saying might be uh, absolutely right where that can escalate things in a person's mind and feel more aggressive than it necessarily has to be. Mm -hmm. Even though like I can't help sometimes being emphatic and like preaching whatever the message is that I'm trying to get across, but not in in anger, just because I believe in it. Mm -hmm. I'm passionate about it. Um, But yeah, I think from, I think I'm, I've just learned something where maybe I got to be like, don't. Just take those words out of there because mm-hmm. they're, even you, though they are can, very good if you're speaking to an audience a group of, of unfeeling people. Yeah, or like, yeah. You, you know, you can be that stressed Certain out with context. your friends and they're not yeah. going to take it personally because they're not in conflict with you. But even if, even if, like, let's say I was doing a TED Talk. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I've ever seen swearing in a TED Talk, but... Oh, I have. For oh, sure. yeah? Yep. But in a, a, or something like that where I'm going, I'm going to drive a point home. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fine. But when you're with your partner and... It's obviously a touchy subject. Yeah, you don't maybe, need maybe you don't that. need that language. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so yeah, I think it's it, the best way to put a pause on an argument is to just say as much. I need to put a pause on this. Mm-hmm. I was going to suggest uh, going, whoa, 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 whoa. And they're like, what, what, what? Let's jump in the car and go get Krispy Kreme. Oh, I love that. And, and like Krispy Kreme is so I thought you'd go, this is stupid. Um, but Krispy Kreme, like I don't know where we have Krispy Kremes around here, but sometimes it's quite a drive. That would be a drive. From so it's here. just like, let's go. We gotta drive. You're gonna be in Tanawanda. We gotta go to Tanawanda, go get some Krispy Kremes. And it's just like, what? Well, we're gonna get Krispy Kremes. And then we'll be in the car and, and she'll be like, Well, uh, by the way, I, I just think we should no 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 no. Let's not talk about that. Only talk about Krispy Kremes. Only donuts. For yeah. You. So I think we're I'm just like the original glazed. Mm-hmm. And she'll she'll be like, oh, I, I like Boston cream. I'll be like, Yeah, Boston cream are good donuts, but not Krispy Kreme Boston creams. Like that's a waste of the So Krispy you're gonna get cream. into a different argument in the car? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that that's gonna be a good idea. She's gonna idea. fight over Krispy Kreme. Yep. Why would you ever fight over types of donuts? I don't know. Some people can fight about it. You want a honey cruller Krispy Kreme? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> You know what kind of texture that's going to be? What? I just like the original Krispy Kremes. I don't want any chocolate on it. I feel it takes away from the, like, that stuff's just like, I don't know what they do. It's it's just pure sugar. Like, what is it? Well, I don't know. Maybe you should ask them. Mm -hmm. This is the problem about unresolved arguments. Yeah. Is that everything post that argument becomes an argument. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I've had that with not even romantic things, but, like, other relationships where, we didn't get a, a, a agree on something, uh, and every time I spent time with this person, a new stupid, pointless, absolutely ridiculous, inane, idiotic <laughs> argument would arrive, mm-hmm. or would would arise out of nothing, like just stuff that you could never like opinion, but like to and it just go back and forth. I was just like, I can't spend any more time with this person no. because we'll never agree on the other thing because mm-hmm. we just had differing opinions mm-hmm. and we both felt that we were right about our opinion. And that's fine yeah. because we, how are, you, how are you supposed to not feel that way? And then if every other thing becomes some sort of dumb argument, and I didn't want, I didn't want that. I didn't care. Yeah. That's exhausting. So... You do have to resolve it at some point, but hopefully with a stomach full of Krispy Kremes. Hopefully, yeah. And yeah, you come back to it as soon as you can, and you go to bed with I just, love. I just love the quick agreement. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully yes, yes, you have a stomach full of Krispy yeah. Kremes. If you can eat carbs and sugar and gluten, that's a yeah. great way to end the night. But uh, maybe it's not Krispy Kremes. Maybe you're just putting a pause on it and then communicating that clearly and going mm. to bed still with love. Uh, and then returning to the conversation as soon as you possibly can. I wonder if there's uh, this like a, a, a strategy, and I wonder if anyone's ever come up with this before. I'm sure that somebody has. But I wonder if there's some sort of a strategy where you can go like, okay, there's this, there's, this is a ritual that we're going to do when there's unrest. So when we come to a heated disagreement where we can't find a resolution that night, we're still going to go into the freezer, get some Neapolitan ice cream, and sit down together close on the couch and eat that ice cream bitterly, you know, in some sort of like frustration. Mm-hmm. But it's just like we do this because this is saying we, we are love still each connected. Other, yes. We're still together. And we do this when we're in those situations. Yep. I love that idea. I wonder if that you know, make up your own. Make up your own I, ritual. I don't want Neapolitan ice cream. This either. is brilliant, Joel. <laughs> It Did really no one is. ever come up with that idea before? Well, maybe, but but that, I haven't heard it before. But it, maybe that's like, okay, it's time for bed, but let's go get the ice cream. Yeah. You know, and you have to be touching. You have to sit touching yep. each other and, you know, maybe arm on the leg type of thing. And neither person is really that keen on the moment. Yeah. <laughs> but they, you, you have to do it. But because you you're still saying, you don't have to say I love you because you're doing I love yeah. you at that time. So and three beautiful flavors. <laughs> She likes strawberry. I like chocolate. And we both put up with the vanilla. <laughs> I feel like that could actually be our show, like, <laughs> caption. 
That's our t-shirt. She likes She likes strawberry. I like like chocolate. chocolate. We both put up with the vanilla. (laughs) I honestly don't know what it means. There's so many layers of interpretation. And ice cream flavors. And ice cream. All right. Well, that's an episode in the can, isn't it? Yep. Thanks for joining us for I Do and I Don't Show. Uh, Send us your questions. (laughs) Cat's covering her eyes and shaking her head. This is weird. Um, you need me to get the ice cream? Are we are, are we good? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> please email us at I do and I don't show at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram, I do and I don't show. Um, Facebook, I do and I don't show. Send us messages that are questions pertaining to marriage so we can help you figure out how to keep your sex life alive and where is the best place to get Neapolitan ice cream. Um <laughs> And I guess that's the. Are you are you happy with that? I'm I'm satisfied. All right. Well, everybody, um, don't leave your engine idling. <laughs>